Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Go with me to Psalms 23, okay? Pull out your Bible, pull out something. I'm going to ask some questions today. I want you to write down these questions, okay? Because here's the deal. There is no point of us hearing the Word of God unless we wrestle with the Word of God. Okay? There's no point of us being challenged unless we actually think about it outside of this day and this moment. Okay, So I want you to write down these things. I want you to write down what God speaks to you. It's going to be a good day. Psalms 23, verse 1, it says, Yahweh, Jesus is my best friend and my shepherd. Oh, you guys are like, oh, I didn't know how ready you were, Pastor Jeff. I am ready. Says, I always have more than enough. Can I get an amen from my, my people, okay? The Amplified Version says this The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, to shield me. Says, I shall not want, okay? What is the job of a shepherd? I'm glad you asked today. Good question, okay? The shepherd, this word is taken from the root word rahat. Okay, the Hebrew word for shepherd is this, best friend. So when we see this word shepherd, God's going, I want to be your best friend. Think about your best friend. Think about one of your best friends, okay? You'll trust them with the deepest places of your heart, right? They're dependable. They're somebody you can count on, right? They're full of love. They're full of grace. Best friends want to protect you. They're there in the good. They're there in the bad. They help you to make good decisions. We love best friends, right? And here's the deal. I know a lot of us think this. There's a lot of people in the church today, in the church, and, and that's where I'm really going today. Listen, I love the world, but today, we, we're, this is kind of like, I tell our staff every once in a while, like, like we just got to clean some stuff up sometimes, okay? This is like one of these housekeeping moments as a church where we have to ask ourselves this question, okay, the Lord wants to be my best friend, but why? Why? Why do I need that kind of relationship with him. Because American church, we're not under real persecution. See, when you go around the world and you make a decision to follow Jesus, it will cost you your life. Not like, uh, not like, like, like people will make fun of you. I'm talking about like literally will cost you your life. So in the American church, there's this prevailing feeling and thought of like, well, I believe in Jesus, I like Jesus, and I show up to church every once in a while. Why is that not enough? Right? David's not talking about that. See, David was a shepherd. He understood what shepherding was. Listen, those sheep, those sheep were David's best friends. That sounds weird. 
But I'll tell you this much, those sheep followed David. And they trusted David. You know, let me ask a different question, okay? Let me put it this way. Let me say that I wanted to introduce you to somebody, okay? I wanted to say, hey, listen, um, I, wanna, I, want to, I want to invite you. I want to introduce you to somebody. And I said to you, this person, okay, on the outside looks really, really appealing, okay? This person seems really, really fun. This person uh, will believe in you and believe that you are more important than anybody else. This person will be funny. This person will be great. They'll lead you to uh, great parties and great people. I, I want to introduce you to this person. And you go, yeah, that's, that sounds pretty good. How many of you go, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Okay, I, I would like to meet that person. Okay. But wonder if I said to you this, I want to introduce you to this person, but, but, how many of you have ever had a but moment with somebody before? You know what I mean? Like, they're like, but, I need you to know something about this person. So I wonder if I said, I want to introduce you to this person, and I said all these great things, but, I just want to give you a heads up, this person is a killer. I'm talking like Jason killer, okay, like you're in the shower, you know what I mean? Pull the shower back, and you're like, whoa, you know, here we go, Okay. One of us said, hey, this person wants to bring big addictions to you and your kids. Like porn, greed, lust. This person also is going to help you to believe that there is better somewhere else. There is a better wife. There's a better husband. You should ditch what you have and go find something better. What if I said, this person wants to help you become completely self-absorbed, bitter, fearful, thinking that you and your family is the most important thing on this earth? And then what if I said, but even more important than all that, this person wants to steal, kill, and destroy your relationship with Jesus? Do I have permission to share something with you this morning? that I want to show you, okay? Because we, just, we just, just skip over this, okay? We hear this verse because we've grown up in church and we hear this verse and we know this verse and we just kind of hear it. How many of you know that like once you've heard something like a hundred times, it's just like, it's just like it's in and it's out. So there's this verse, John chapter 10, verse 10, okay? And it says this, the thief, the devil, okay, has only one thing in mind, to steal to slaughter, and to destroy you. One thing in mind. But Jesus said this, I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect, life to the fullest till it overflows. Okay? So I, I had somebody pick up something for me. Um, a little pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a smoke break between services, you know what I mean? <laughs> Stressful times, you know. I haven't seen one of these in a long time. I want to show you something, okay? So here's the deal. If I said I wanted to introduce you to that person I was talking about, and I, and I told you all that stuff, I think that most of us would go, no way. Uh, no way. You better get that person as far away from me 
in my family as possible, right? Amen? You'd be like, that. yeah, like, I'm not good with that. You got to keep that person away. I don't want anything to do with that person, okay? And then Jesus, he, you know, tells us the scripture, and I think we just think like, yeah, that's a good scripture. We've heard that all over the time, okay? So I have this pack of cigarettes because on the pack of cigarettes, they have this, this warning, okay? So Surgeon General, okay, is warning you by using these, okay, it may result in fatality. I mean, you may die because you use these, okay? So there, there's a warning on this, okay? So they're telling you, you can use this. You're free to use this. You're free to do whatever you want with this. But we're warning you that you might get cancer from this. We're warning you that you might actually die from this. We're, we're warning you that this could lead to harm, right? Okay. Now, here's the deal. So warnings are not suggestions, right? Okay. They're not suggestions. Warnings are not good ideas. Warnings are trying to tell you something, right? Okay. And this is exactly what is happening in John 10, 10, Jesus is going, I want to warn you about something. I want you to be aware of something. I want you to come alive to something. That there is somebody called the devil, and he is a thief, and he wants to steal, kill, destroy you, your family, your kids, and everything you touch. Right? He's going, I want you to know that the devil and the hordes of hell, they're coming to bring your family addictions. They're coming to make you narcissistic. Selfish, self-absorbed, me first. Jesus is going, I want you to be aware that there's the spirit that's coming from hell that wants People to hate Jesus and hate his church. There's a spirit coming that wants to give you mental and physical health issues. There is a spirit coming that wants you to be full of dark thoughts. You're like, why why are you telling us this? Because I feel like the enemy is just creeping slowly, 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 in not just the world, he's, he's, he's got control of the world, but into, his, into the church. And I feel like the Lord is like sending out this warning. And it's just a matter of like, are we listening? Or are we not listening? What, what are we listening to? Because here's, here's what Psalm said. Psalm 23 said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's there to feed He's there to guide and to shield me. From what? The devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Here's what's interesting about the devil. He'll never stop. Like, I want you to get this. He will never stop. I see this happen all the time. 
I've seen people who have been passionately on fire with Jesus for decades. And then all of a sudden you see them renouncing Jesus, renouncing their faith, renouncing that they have anything to do with God. Why? Because the devil's relentless. He'll never stop until you're dead in the ground. Sometimes when people die and they go to heaven, I'm like, thank God, praise the Lord. They are in heaven. You know what I mean? Like the battle's done, right? He's coming, coming after you. So here's the deal. So the question, here's, here's the question. The question isn't, do you believe in Jesus? The question is this, is Jesus the authority and the one governing your life? You need to write that down. Like that needs to be a question that you are answering in your soul. That needs to be a question that you're asking your family. This is a question that you are asking. Do I just believe, like, am I just infatuated with Jesus? Am I just infatuated with him? Or am I in love with Jesus? Because if I'm in love with Jesus, then I'm giving him authority to say, you can govern all this. All this is yours. All of it's yours. Because you're a good shepherd. Let me read you this verse. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 15. It says, now listen. Today I'm giving you the choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. I don't know about you, but I like prosperity. Anybody else? Yeah? I mean, I really like it. A lot of you are lying right now, okay? God bless your soul, okay? I mean, I don't know anybody I would talk to in the earth if I asked them, hey, do you want to be blessed or do you want to be broke? Pretty simple. Oh, I'll, I'll take the blessing. I'll take the prosperity. I'll take the goodness. So the Lord is going, I'm giving you a choice between life and death. Verse 16, for I command you on this day to love your God, keep his commandments, decrees, regulations by walking in his ways. And I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus. This is Old Testament and they had to follow these decrees or else sometimes they would just die. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God that we live in the dispensation of grace and that even when we fail, even when we walk away from the Lord, even when we mess up, his grace still abounds to us? It's such a good time to live with Jesus, okay? But here's here's what I want to show you, okay? People want to throw the Old Testament away, like it doesn't matter. No, it matters, okay? Like God still wants us to learn. God still wants us to grow. There's still truth and nuggets and wisdom that he wants us to get from it, okay? So here we go. Verse 16. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are about to enter. Verse 17. But if your heart turns away, If your heart turns away. See, I think this is what we have to be on guard about. This is what we have to make sure that the enemy isn't coming to steal, kill, and destroy. To turn our heart. 
You know what's interesting about your heart turning? Listen, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. A lot over the years. You know what's interesting? I've never had a conversation with a couple where they said, you know what, one day I just woke up and I looked at him and I saw all of his nose hairs and, and, and I thought, I can do better. Those, those, those nose hairs have got to go. I, I, I can find a man without nose hairs, right? Like, like, I've never had a conversation with a couple that said, I just woke up one day and thought, well, today it's been enough. It's been 15 years, four months and seven days, and that's, it's been enough, okay? What do they always say? They always say this, I don't know when it started, but it's been slow and I just don't feel love anymore. Right? The enemy works the same way with your relationship with the Lord. This is slow. Just slow. Just slowly turning your heart, slowly making your heart hard, slowly getting your eyes off of Jesus, slowly bringing temptation, slowly bringing things. It says this, when you refuse to listen, you'll be drawn away to serve uh, and worship other guys, gods. Verse 18, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You'll be destroyed. And can, can I just say this? Like when I was growing up in church, I would always think this, like, well, there's all kinds of other people that aren't serving Jesus that are blessed. What is the Lord really talking about? He's talking about your soul. Just because somebody's got a lot of money doesn't mean they're happy. Just because somebody seems blessed. Listen, me and Jess talk about this all the time. You don't know, like when you drive down your street every single day, you don't know what's going on in people's houses. You don't know the chaos. What is the point of having everything but getting to eternity someday and going, oh, I missed it all. I I missed it all. I thought it was about money and and selfishness and and power. and, And it was really all about Jesus, right? Verse 19. I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Now I call on heaven and earth to be witnesses of the choices that you make. Okay? It says this. Oh, that you would choose life. Isn't that so good? So so the Lord's going, oh! Look at your neighbor and say, oh. Just say, oh, okay. Listen, the Lord's going, Oh, it's like he is crying out. He's like looking at your life. He's looking at your choices. He's looking at your family. And he's going, oh, please, 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 please. Right? He's going, please choose life. Please choose my ways. Please do this. He's going, oh, would you please, please let me shepherd your life? Would you let me be your best friend? 
Would you please give me authority to come into your life and to rule and govern everything? The Lord's going, I'll make it all better. I'll make it all better. He's going, please, please, please read my word. Because if you read my word, I can govern your thoughts and the thoughts of this world that are trying to destroy your life. He goes, I'll shepherd your thoughts. He's going, please, please. Jesus wants to shepherd your heart. He wants to shepherd your marriage. He wants to shepherd the decisions that you're making as a family. He wants to shepherd them. He goes, I want to be the best friend. And listen, I grew up in church that over-spiritualized everything. We get done with church and be like, where are we going for lunch? And be like, let's have a little prayer meeting about that right now. You know what I mean? Like, let's have a little fasting before we go to lunch. I'm like, let's just go to Ponderosa. It sounds good. You know what I mean? So I understand that a lot of us were scarred with that. But can I tell you that God's really interested in all these decisions you're making all the time? He wants to shepherd them. He wants to shepherd your finances. And I know we get so weird when we talk about money. But you know what? Jesus talked about money all the time. You know what he connected it to? Your heart. What did I just talk about? Your heart getting hard. He goes, I want to shepherd your finances. I, used, I remember I was a youth pastor. I tell our kids all the time. I'd say, listen, God doesn't want to rob, steal, or cheat you. God doesn't want to rob, steal, or cheat you. Hear me out. God does not want, we read it in, in John chapter 10. Who wants to rob, steal, and cheat you? The devil. The devil. God goes, I want to, I want to shepherd you. So the question, the question isn't, do you believe in Jesus? The question is, is Jesus the shepherd of my life? Is he the shepherd? Now, here's the deal. As a pastor, my job is to help the Lord shepherd. And I'll prove it to you biblically. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It says this. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether it's a time that is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage the people with good teaching. That's my job. Okay? Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. So guard yourselves. Uh, and God's people. So my job is to guard God's people, okay? Feed them, shepherd God's flock in his church that he purchased with his own blood, uh, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as a leader. The Lord's appointed me as a leader to shepherd the flock. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, it says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ has given to the church, uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up his church. So the Lord's given me three jobs. The first job is to preach the word of God and lead you in the truth. That's all I'm here to do. That's all I'm here to do. All I'm here to do is say, here's what God said, and I want to lead you to truth. I want to lead you to truth in every area of your life. The second thing God says, he says, again, feed, feed people the word of God. Isn't it interesting that the Lord keeps talking about the word of God and how important the word of God is? And it says this, shepherd the people, shepherd the people. And then my third job is to do this, to equip you 
Say me, say me, say me, say me, 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 me. My job is to equip you to do God's work and build his church. So there's this song that just came out. It goes, build your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, right? Way better than what I can sing, okay? You're all like, Let, let's, get, let's get Maverick City in here and sing that song, okay? All right, so we all hear that song. Build your church. We're like, yeah, God, build your church. Build your church, right? Y'all like that, don't you? I can dance. You're like, yeah, God, build your church. You're like in the car, God, build your church. Amen, build your church. Right? You're thinking, we're thinking, yeah, God, build your church. You, God, build your church. You do it, God. One day I was, I heard that song. You know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, tell my people to do their job. He said, that's not my job. That's not my job. He said, you're the pastor. Teach my people how to build my church. See, we sing songs sometimes and we think we're singing, man, build your church. We're like, God, it's all yours. Build your church. God, you're going to do it all. Build your church. And we're not even singing something that's biblical. I know, man, this sucks. <laughs> Just stepped off uh, all over you. You're like, man, I really like that song. Me and Jess would talk about this all the time. Like as a worship leader, like, we got to sing things that are biblical. I just read it. God said in Ephesians chapter four, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build his church. My job is to teach you how to build God's church. My job is to shepherd. My, God, my job is to go sometimes like, hey, we, we got to come back to, to this thought. Heart for the house. There's a reason we call it that. We got to have a heart for God's house. We got to have a heart for God's kingdom. We got to make sure that our hearts don't get hard. Amen? So my job sometimes is to give warnings. And so I got four warnings today. First one is this. I want you to write this down. I want you to think about this. I want you to ask the Lord, where am I in these four things? Okay. The first one is this, right? You can come on up. Okay. The first one is this. COVID took away everything. Took away everything. World shut down. Your life shut down. Your job shut down. All your activities shut down. COVID shut down everything. Okay. And you know what it brought? It brought a spirit of fear. It brought a spirit of fear. Now, fear will manifest in lots of different ways. Okay? Fear, I mean, you could be afraid of the dark. Hope you're not. Okay? But fear can show up in lots of different ways. And one of the ways that I'm watching fear show up, especially in the world, but especially now even in the church, is this. It's this fear that, well, everything went away like that, 
so let's live for now. Everything went away like that. So we got to do us now. We got to do us. We got to do our family. We got to do us now. And we are first. Because guess what? We don't know when it's all going to go away again. Is that the spirit of God? No. But you can see it moving. You can see fear moving. You can see that thought moving. We, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta do it now. Like we can't miss the opportunity now. It could all go away. We're not called. Timothy said that we don't live under a spirit of fear, but if peace and a sound mind, right? Listen, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, God's people will be just fine in every season of life. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read about Daniel. Read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Read about the disciples. Read the Bible. You will see that God's people succeed in every season of life. And and I'm not going to live in fear that it's all going to go away. Because guess what? It is all going to go away. It's all going to go away. God said it was all going to go away. But then that's the question. The question is this. Am I living for this world or am I living for the next? That's a good question. That's a real good question. Am I living for this world right now or am I living? Are me and my wife, are we living? Am I personally living? Are we teaching our kids that we're not living for this world, but we're living for the next world? Listen, eternity is a lot longer than 80 years. It's a lot longer than 80 years. You got to decide, what am I living for? Am I living for now or am I living for eternity? Second warning is this. What has your attention? What has your attention? If the Lord is a shepherd and the Lord's my best friend, the shepherd will lead me correctly and I will be at the right place at the right time always. You will be, if the Lord's leading your life, you will be at the right place at the right time always. Let me show you this picture, okay? It's my, uh, it's my pastor, the one, my old, older gentleman. There it is, okay? So this was uh, my pastor. His name was Pastor Marvin. He was my childhood pastor. And um, back in May, I was praying. And I hadn't thought about him in, I mean, ages. I haven't seen him since I was like, I think I was like uh, 13 years old. Long time. Okay? And, um, and I was praying back in May. And... Uh, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to go and honor him. And I was like, God, I haven't seen him in a long time. What am I going to say? He goes, I'll give you all the words. You just go. So I, so I called up my, I called up my uncle and I was like, I'm like, I, I, number one, I'm like, are they alive? And he was like, yeah, they're still alive. They're down in Tennessee. He goes, let me call some people to see. They're, they're in a nursing home. And so he called them up and they said, well, sure, come on down. And so, you know, my schedule's busy, their schedule's busy. We're like all summer trying to figure out different dates. And then I figured out a date in August. And, and, then, and then he got COVID and the family got COVID and so we couldn't come. And, and, then, and then I had this date. It was this odd date. And 
let me say this, that I know that sometimes we don't want to do what God's asking to do because it doesn't fit perfectly in our schedule. And I had this date, I had this Sunday before crown. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I had this Sunday before crown. Like, we're about to do this massive women's conference. And I got to be here all week. And, 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 and I felt like God's like, no, you have to go. You have to go. And so Sunday after church gets done, I get into the car. Me and my uncle, we drive four and a half hours. And I get there about eight o'clock that night. And the whole entire family is in this room. And I walk in and I say, hey, Pastor Marvin. And uh, he just, he grabbed my hand. And like for some minutes he was there and some minutes he wasn't. Have any of you ever experienced that with somebody? And I said, he said, why are you here? I said, I'm here because the Lord wants you to know how much of a blessing you were to me. If you wouldn't have started Glad Tidings Church, if you wouldn't have been faithful, my grandparents wouldn't have gotten saved. My mom wouldn't have gotten saved. My aunt and uncle wouldn't have gotten saved. None of these people would have gotten saved. And I would not be who I am today if these people didn't get saved because you were faithful and you were obedient to start Glad Tidings Church. And I just said, I just want to say thank you. That's all I'm here to do. Just say thank you. And just to say that I love you and that God loves you and he and He just wants you to know how, how much of a blessing you have been to the kingdom of God. Well, here's what I didn't know. I didn't know that him and his own son had had a falling out. Him and his own son, one of his, his only son, they haven't talked in 10 years. I didn't know that. I was just being faithful to the Lord. You know what else I didn't know? I didn't know that four days later he would die and go to heaven. See, I was just there at the right time at the right place because the Lord's my shepherd. And sometimes he tells me to do crazy things like go down to Tennessee, go see your old pastor. Jess is like, why are you going to Tennessee? I'm like, because the Lord's telling me I have to go. I have to go. You know, you know what they said to me the next morning? I had brunch with them as a family. They said, they said, Jeff, thank you for being here. You just brought closure to our entire family. I didn't know. I just, I was just listening to the shepherd. What did the shepherd want? What has your attention? What has your thoughts? Warning number three. Don't let your heart get hard. World's, your, your life is full of pressure, fear, anxiety, worry trying to figure out the future. I know we're all trying to figure out the future. Waiting on God. Waiting on God. Listen, I'm in a season right now of waiting. It's hard. Can I get an amen? It's hard waiting on God. I'm waiting on God right now. It's hard. The world's dark. The world's rough. We have disappointments. Maybe you're tired. It's amazing when you get tired. 
how your heart will turn. Your emotions start playing with you. Can I, can I just tell you, don't always listen to your emotions. Don't listen to the emotions because the enemy will twist your emotions. Don't let your heart get hard. Last, last warning is this. If we don't have a heart for the house, then who will? Who will? Who will? If, if, and I feel like the Lord's like real yelling really loud, like, if there was ever a time in the earth to be a live, passionate church, it's now. If there was ever a time to make a difference in the earth, it is now. If we don't build his church, who will? He's entrusted it to us. He's given it to us. He's given it to us to expand, to move forward. I share about these things all the time. Three T's. Time. We think, I know, I know the church needs some more time, but we think we're just so busy. Our family's so busy. I know that we need to make church a priority, but we got all these other things grabbing for our priority. I know that the church needs more group leaders. I know this, but but we're busy. If you don't give Jesus your time, who will? Who will? Or how about this talent? This room is full of different talents, like uh, the talent to love people, uh, the talent to encourage people, the talent to pray for people, the talent of just helping, um, like just helping, just helping. You don't understand what a big deal that is to just be like, I'm just a helper. People think that that's such a lowly position, man, it's such a wonderful position. I'm, you're good with kids, you're good with with tech, you're, you're good. Some of you are like, I make the best coffee in the world. Right? You're good at welcoming people. You're good with kids. You're good with youth. You're good helping people in their marriages. Maybe you're good to film. Maybe you're good with pictures. And the list could go on and on and on. This room is full of people with talent. We can't keep growing unless we just have more volunteers. And if you won't, who will? You want me to call up care.com? I'm being serious. Who will? How about how about treasure? Financially. If 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 we're not blessing God's kingdom, who will? Who will? Who will? Listen, let God shepherd your life. I promise he's not trying to steal, kill, or destroy your life. He's trying to bless your life. He wants to increase every area of your life. 
He wants to bless every area of your life if you allow him to shepherd it. Let's not be a church that goes, somebody else will do it. Let's not be a church that goes, God, you have to do it. Let's not be a church that goes, you know what? Not me, somebody else. Let's be a church that goes, no, no, no. We're going to take ownership of this church. We're going to take ownership of what God's calling this church to do. We're going to take ownership of this city. Listen, I have no earthly desire to be some small community church. There's nothing wrong with those. But God has called us to wreck a city. God has called us to take over a city. God's called us to be in politics. God's called us to be in the workforce. God's called us to reach people. God's called us to heal marriages. God's called us, this church, to wreck a city. Let's take ownership of it. So God, this is our call. This is our mandate. This is why we're alive. That's why you chose us. That's why we're here at this very moment in time in the earth. We're called to do greatness for you. We're called to see miracles. We're called to see the sick healed. Amen? That's why we're here. So here's the deal. With this whole, with this whole heart for the house thing, okay? We've talked about a couple different things. The first thing we've talked about is December 5th. We're taking an offering. Let's take an offering for his house, to build his house. I, listen, I loved what Kyle said. I, Kyle was preaching for me. He was preaching for me. He goes, you think all this is free? I, I, I mean, I'll do, I, I, I told the Lord, I'll do a thousand services I have to. I don't care how many times I have to preach. I don't care how many events we have. Did you know that Friday night, most of you don't know this. Friday night, there was like 40-something kids here, uh, junior hires here and high schoolers here, having fun, experiencing Jesus. How, oh my God, look at that. If we don't reach them, who will? Who will? Who will? So we're going to take up an offering on December 5th so that we can advance his kingdom, right? And then what did I say? I said, we're gonna take these cards and we're gonna make pledges. We're gonna make a pledge. I'm gonna buy a seat. I'm gonna buy 10 seats. I'm gonna buy 20 seats. I'm gonna buy 100 seats. And listen, I'm believing. I'm believing there's people out there who are gonna go, I'm gonna buy 200 seats. You think I'm joking when I'm saying that? No, that's what God does. God is about building his kingdom through his people. But you want to know what the most important thing we could all do is this, is we could tithe. That's the most important thing. Listen, I'll say this. To the level of generosity in this church will be the level that we're able to go reach the world. I can only do with what we have. So when, just like Malachi said, when there's meat in my house, when the, when the store is full, when there's meat in the house, we're able to do all kinds of great things for God. 
We're able to go, hey, let's go reach a bunch of junior hires. Let's go reach a bunch of high school kids. Let's go reach, you know, kids in Africa. Let, let's, go, let's go reach these kids in Brazil. Let's go reach people at the pregnancy center. Let, let's go reach people. Let, let's, let's do things like Christmas at the movies. Why are we doing that? So we can reach people. So we can share the goodness of God. Amen? Come on, partner with us. Come on, partner with us. We need people to serve. I'm just telling you right now, we need people to serve. And here's one thing that we're going to do to change some stuff. We're going to move to a new model in the new year called Attend One, Sit One. We know it's hard to serve two services. Listen, I love Scarlet with all of my heart. But if I was in a room trapped with Scarlet for for a few hours, I'd be like, girl, girl, we got, we, we, we got to, we got to talk girl. You know what I mean? And I love that girl with all my heart. Listen, we get it. But to do this, serve one, attend one, we need more volunteers. We need more people to go, you know what? Yes, I will be a part of the answer. Cause here's the deal. Here's what I want you to see. When Kyle and his family came to our church, there were people who served their family that day. People that greeted them. You don't understand how important that is. Somebody agreed you with a smiling face. When they walked in and they felt the love of Jesus from not me, from you. And then they took their kids to kids ministry and there were smiling faces and people that were warm and welcoming and they brought their kids in. And you know what their kids said when they got out of kids ministry that day? We had so much fun. When are we coming back to this church? See, we think that when we serve, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. It is so important. We are changing lives. You have no idea who you're changing. You have no idea what's going on in somebody's soul. You have no idea where they're at as a family, as a marriage, and how much they need Jesus. And you serving them, you showing them the love of Christ through your service. What does it do? Changes lives. So why don't you stand up this morning? 